Stop letting modern distractions steal your attention. This is the Focus Group. It's the savvy side of 9 to 5. Listen. Bueller. 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 Laugh. <laughs> and learn. Negotiation. This is what you do in business. This is the Focus Group with Tim Bennett. S-T-A-U-N-C-H. And John Nash. Keep your clothes looking neat and clean. We're all business. Except when we're not. Hey, welcome to the Focus Group. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Tim Bennett. You can find us here every Wednesday. And, of course, you can find us at focusgroupradio.com. That's where all our media is, our video, our audio, links to our partners, et cetera, et cetera. And social media is just Focus Group Radio. So... Here we are in the uh, first week of April. How did I always do this? No, it's not the first week of April. It's April 17th. <laughs> the third week. Woo! Of the third week of you're the fourth the month. the first week. I know what you're thinking of. Yeah, the third week of the fourth month of the new year. You're thinking of a trip. <laughs> That's true. First That's week true. of a trip. No, the 17th. You're getting ready for Easter. I am. And actually, Bob's getting ready to fly out to uh, Kansas City, Missouri. The heck's he gonna do there? So okay, so Bob, um, Bob's mom, when she was a little girl, had this a very elaborate dollhouse. Do you know about the dollhouse? Yeah, yeah. It's his, it was built by her grand, his grandfather. His grandmother painted Trump Lloyd, did all this interior stuff, the furniture, and Bob actually cleaned it, restored it, photographed it, and then sent a like a hardback book to the toy museum. I think it's the miniature and toy museum of Kansas City, Missouri to see if they wanted to have it as a part of their collection. And indeed, they accepted it. He shipped it out, and they're having a big opening of this new exhibit, and the dollhouse is going to be there front and center. So the Barnes family's making a pilgrimage. I wish I, you'll know better than me. What was the name of the guy who did Best in Show? What was the, the, the producer uh, Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman? This sounds like... Guest? Uh, um, Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest. This is ripe for a Christopher Guest movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. Going out, waiting for the Barneses, heading out <laughs> doll, to see yeah, the, exactly. doll, the dollhouse reveal at the museum in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. What are they going to have a big party, Hot cookies, little dolls? And I don't know. There's an opening. it's going to be hilarious. There's a private opening on Friday night. For the dollhouse. No, no, for the exhibit it's feet, it, that it's part of, for the, for the toy thing. <laughs> So Bob, his sister, and his mom are going out. His sister from California is flying in, so it's a family affair. And Bob's like, you want to come out? And I'm like, I'm good with staying here. I saw the toy house. I, I saw the toy house get photographed. I know the book. You have a better chance of me going to Baghdad than that toy museum. <laughs> really? <Kansas> City. Right. <laughs> miniature doll. You don't like miniature anyway. Well, like little things I don't anyway. mind miniature. I don't like people being shrunk. Well... You know, and the only oh, time dogs. I like people being shrunk was in the movie Fantastic Voyage, where they get shrunk. I think Raquel Welch is in that, and Donald Pleasance, and they get put in a guy's body in a little submarine because they have to go get to a brain tumor. But they only could be shrunk for like two hours. They have to get out of the body. So, yeah, wow. I didn't like that. That Matt Damon movie that came out a while ago, um, Downsizing, like, I was so, like, Bob had that on TV, and I'm like, do not have that on TV. You really have a phobia for that. I don't understand it because it's all science fiction, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. I mean, really, really. well, that's science fiction. Well, or as you call it, speculative fiction. But I'm speculative. I mean, so why don't you? you so you only like spacey sort of sci-fi. You don't like Where people stay normal size. Yeah, I don't like the. You don't want the thing. occult or the miniature thing. I think when I was a kid, I read. Um, you might have read these books when you were a kid, Danny Dunn. 
And the, he was like a little explorer kid. And one time there was Danny Dunn and the amazing shrinking machine. And they shrink. he shrinks and he rides on the back of a butterfly. Nothing scared me more than the fact that he was riding on the back of an insect. And, he, and so... He's here's this little miniaturized person, a wasp or a bee could come along, and they're not they're not discriminatory. They're, they're gonna get you. All right, so the whole thing just I'm like, no, I don't want to be wow, miniaturized. Wow, you know, a therapist. <laughs> you think I'm overthinking. Well, a therapist would have a field day with this. I think. I think you're maybe a little nuts on this one. I don't know. Possibly, possibly. It's a phobia for you. I, I know. We're not gonna have to. Anyway, the dollhouse thing. Well, that's nice. I'm sure Bob will have a great time. I'm surprised you're not going. No, I did. It was. A, it's a family thing, and. I'm going to be at my mom's for Easter, and it's because it's Easter weekend they're going on. It was just they coming. keep the do they so Bob didn't want to keep the nieces didn't want the dollhouse. It's too big. It, it, it's as long as the desk I'm sitting at, and it's tall, and it had like seven or eight rooms and a little garden with a fountain. I mean, and the lights work, and the furniture was all there. So, you know what? The cool thing about it is other people will enjoy it. It's a really cool piece yeah. of handmade, you know, Americana. Did they ever try to sell it? I didn't know. No, the idea was to always just make it like a museum piece or something. Bob worked real. That was a, two summers ago, I think. I, last did summer. they ship it out there? So Bob shipped it out? To, or did the. It had to be all a special company, had to crate it up. A special company shipped it out. The museum, I think. Bob oversee. Did Bob oversee oh, the building of it? I don't know about the, the crating. I forget. No, I mean, how when they, they got there and they had to build it. Oh, he had provided a hardback book, a photo book of what each room setup was like. <laughs> so I thought you'd en- leave that. Right I thought there. you'd enjoy that. So that's right coming up there. this weekend of, of the. Uh, so we're at the 17th. So it's, eight, it's the Friday the 19th is the members preview, and then the real opening for all the general public is Saturday. I you think. and I will both be in Connecticut for Easter, where the past is still present. The past is still very much present. Are you going to be doing pause egg dye at all? You know, my we do dye eggs, and uh, I used to like it when my nieces would come by, but they, you know, their schedules get very crazy. But my mother still insists it's the vinegar cups, the old little mugs, and we, she saved everything from year after year after year. She still those little wire things yeah. you dip the egg in, and it was a, and it would come on and you would bend it, and it was this like hexagon. It was thing all that it. sort of stuff, and then so we'll do eggs. Um, <laughs> then we used to still, up until very recently, hide them in the yard, which used to drive me crazy. The egg hunt, yeah. The My mom hunt. loves the egg hunt. I was like, oh, by the way, you owe us a picture. funny picture. Yeah, and I found him, we by the way. You have to put it on Facebook. I found it. Actually, I'll send it to you because I found him on my computer. There's there's me as the bunny. By the way, I'm not going to call him out, but your your brother-in-law, Steve, told me a little more to that story as you as you've described it. A little more. Too. Maybe you weren't so thrilled about putting. Oh, the I was not out. happy at all. Yeah, no, he, he said you made it kind of sound like it was a nice thing. No, I was drafted. I got out of the car, uh, and my mom said, "You're going to put on this costume with this paper mache head, and you're going to be the Easter Bunny." I'm like, <laughs> and by the way, the costume was, was hot when stinky. I took it all. It was soaking wet. I was soaking wet, and wasn't that fun? Wasn't that fun? I mean, you're like, Did you take a shower. I couldn't. Yeah, I, I guess I could have, but my clothes were wet. I don't have. I was coming for Easter dinner. I didn't have a spare set of clothes on me, right? I would have taken a shower, right, Garrett? <laughs> All day. All day. <laughs> the boys in the booth, Garrett and Steve, with us today. Hi, Steve. Got to get his mic work in there, I guess. There's a lot of. Hey, what's up? Steve's hey. got a lot of buttons to be dealing with today. To a lot of light. There's levers and pulleys, and it's- you know, this Garrett thing goes on and on. It's a gift that keeps on giving with the soap thing, and I, I, I tell you, it goes on and on and on. And I think about it every time I'm in the shower, because I'm wondering if I could just shower the stink off me without using soap. Just water. 
Try it one weekend, one Saturday. Just do it and see what happens. Do you use deodorant? Yeah. Okay. Don't try it. Just shower with soap. I don't get this at all. <laughs> I think about it every morning. I think of Garrett in the shower. Every I, think about, I actually think about it, too, because Bob was listening to that show. We were in the car, and Bob said, he goes, I get it. And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, I don't use shampoo. I think he uses shampoo like once a week, maybe right. once every two weeks. But I've heard this from a lot of people, that that stuff... Uh, it, it you know it builds up and a month and a half we're still talking about it. Yeah, well, it's the gift. It's as you said, the gift it's of the, the magi, gift the, the gift that keeps on giving. All right, so what caught your eye, Mr. Bennett? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. Did you ever get a load on and go online and order? Order. Order anything. Well, yeah, we like you mean Amazon or yeah, when you're drunk. Oh no no. <laughs> No, 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 no. Before I get into this story, so this is a study that just came out, but I used to love in college some of these home shopping networks, QVC, and I think you can still do it now. If you watch them late night, particularly on a Friday and Saturday when they take the live calls, usually you get some people half in the bag calling in, talking about stuff and ordering and ordering. And I actually had a friend of mine uh, right out of college that ordered the Flowbee. Remember the Flowbee? Yeah, it was attached to a vacuum. He was very serious about it for his hair. Yeah, and it cut was his hair. So you could it cut and clean the clippings simultaneously. Right, and right? one of the, I have it on a graphic here. The guy, but yeah, you just put it on your hose and then on your vacuum, and then he used the Flowbee. He came in with his haircut. There it is. There. So he bought that. That's when the Flowbee. When he was drunk, yeah, he bought. You put it in it. It like sucks your hair up, and then this little thing spins with the blades and cuts it. And it's supposed to give you a cut, which it obviously was a mess. It doesn't really work. <laughs> But Wait, it's even, one of those drunk purchases. It, what you just said, it spins your hair up, cuts it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So anyway, last year, Americans spent $40 billion drunk shopping online, according to Finder.com. 26% of Americans admitted that they've shopped while they were drunk, which equates to about 53 million people. Wow. Went online wow. to purchase. Okay. So it's up from the pre- previous year. So 2018 was close to 40 billion. It was up 10 billion over over the previous year in 2017. 46 percent of the people admitted that they've done it versus 26 percent the prior year before. The average person spent how much do you think online? Sixty dollars. Seven hundred and thirty-six dollars. Seven hundred on a drunk shopping drunk spree? shopping spree. What do you think they bought most? Can is it guessable? Oh yeah. So they spent money on shoes and clothing, followed by gambling, cigarettes, DVDs, movies, tech products, narcotics, records, artwork, and vacations. So it's good for deep discount. <laughs> Where was porn on there? Not porn. No porn. On, well, DVDs. I don't know. I guess I didn't tell you what that was. Yeah. But food was the most common drunk purchase, with over 50% of the people said they bought some sort of food. I don't know what you would buy. I guess beef jerky or candy or something. I don't know. They said other crazy things people bought. 12% of the people did vacation. Um, oh, I'm sorry. 12% of the people did a pet. They bought a pet. They bought online. a whole pet. Yeah. Not pet supplies, a but pet. they bought an actual pet. Okay. Crazy things people bought. 12% said they bought a pet. 15% of vacation. 11% bought a motorcycle or a car. <laughs> now, I hope that they had an idea in mind for what vehicle that they might do, because when you're drunk, you're like, yeah, I was going to buy a Camaro. I mean, millennials, I, yeah, millennials spent the most with an average purchase of 1047 followed by Gen X at 469 and Baby Boomers at 466 Wow. The last 
slightly tipsy purchase I made you don't even want to know about. What'd you make? What'd you buy? It, it's it's, it's so John, it's so me, that you will just be like, oh my God. Yoda or something? Yoda Close. Model. You're close. Okay, so one of my favorite vehicles from the Star Wars universe is these tanks that walk. They're called ATA, All-Terrain Armored Transport. What does it look like an animal? They look like a big elephant, yeah. yeah. So one day I'm on Amazon and, and I see this kit for $30. Super detailed, snaps together, about uh, seven inches tall when done. Everything moves, it articulates, but I held off. I thought that's a waste of money. Months go by, and one night, it might have been around the holidays, I'm like, come back from a party or something, I'm like, you know, I want that walking tank. Click. <laughs> Where is it now? In I built the box. It. I built it. Is, it. is it standing somewhere? Yeah, it's on my bookshelf. I built it. It took a weekend to do. I had a, I had a ball doing it, and I was glad I made oh, that slightly go. tipsy That was your Merry Christmas. But that was $32. That was not, what was it, seven? Seven hundred and six. Seven, 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 seven. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah. So what caught your eye? Mine is a little different, and it comes from BuzzFeed. Now, you like BuzzFeed. Yeah. I thought they were out of business. No, they're in business. Uh, Gizmodo was the blog that had uh, that the uh, the Paul, the the wrestler thing, and I forget the owner of the, there was that lawsuit, and they tried to put him out of business. BuzzFeed's different. So I came across a BuzzFeed um, article called Overheard, in quotes, conversations that are so Los Angeles it actually hurts. Uh-oh. So these are texts, and there's Cookie from Empire in a little picture we put up. So here's the first one. It's a man, it's a woman, it's two girls talking. How was your date? The other one answers, meh. I don't think we're compatible. Right before I was about to take my phone out to take a pic of my dessert, he said to me, I'm so glad you're not one of those girls who has to take a picture of her dinner. (laughs) So that's one. Here's another one. This is a cashier and a customer at a barista, like a Starbucks or something. Cashier. Um, I think I know, I think I know you from somewhere. And the customer says, I have a big following on Instagram. And the cashier says, don't you work at the car wash on third? (laughs) And the customer says, yes, it could also be from there. So here's one. Uh, I have a big following. Don't you work at the car car wash on third? Yeah, Yeah, it could be there. Here's this other one. Uh, it's two women talking. Look at his shirt. It says SMFD. Suck my effing dick. And the other girl says, no, dummy. It stands for Santa Monica Fire, Fire Department. Department. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Another one. Drunk girl talking to married friends, as overheard in Los Angeles. I'm just so upset because I feel like you think I'm pathetic because I'm not married yet. And the other woman says, honestly, Natasha... I'm not trying to be a bitch, but we literally never think about you. (laughs) That's a good one. Here's one. Girl at Target answers phone. Hey, what's up? I'm at the gym. (laughs) No one knows you're out, right? This is the one that takes place at a, a a coffee shop. Lady, hi, do you have soy milk? The barista. We have almond, coconut, and oat. The lady says, why no soy? And a customer behind her said... It's not 2003. (laughs) (laughs) No soy. No soy. So here's one. A girl says to her girlfriend, my phone on 1% lasts longer than he does during sex. (laughs) Snap, snap. (laughs) And last but not least, how far you're willing to drive is how much you care. 
there are people I'd drive to Pasadena to see, and others I won't go more than 10 blocks for. <laughs> so that is Overheard in Los Angeles, and that's what caught my eye. It reminds me, I was talking to one of our business partners who had told me that uh, Overheard in the office where he was uh, doing an assignment, a bunch of interns were sitting around, and the one intern, they were having a very, very heated discussion about socialism. And the one intern said that, uh, and this was overheard by a couple of the senior people at the company as well. The one intern said, I don't understand why everyone's upset about socialism. I mean, people have to get over it that Twitter and Instagram and everything is here to stay. <laughs> which. Oh, what? Who, you have to tell me later who overheard this. Which one. the person went down to HR and said, oh, by the way, of the interns down there, don't hire this one. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Now, can you imagine a college-educated person being that? I know I'm going to say the word your mother doesn't like, stupid. Oh, well, yeah, you could say it. My mom just always says, don't say it to someone's face, because <laughs> it's the worst well, insult you could ever... That's what that reminds me of a little bit. Socialism as social... People have to get over it. Socialism's here to stay, like Twitter, Instagram. Wow. Except that's okay. not going anywhere. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Socialism. Boom. Yeah, that's all you need to know. Business birthday. Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. We've talked about this man before, in particular with getting some of the uh, some of the productions he's, he's done. Uh, Don Clark Kirshner, born today, April seventeenth, in nineteen thirty-four. He died in two thousand eleven at seventy-six years old of heart failure in Boca Raton. He's known as the man with the golden ear. He's an American music producer, rock producer talent manager and songwriter. Now, we all knew him about knew him for Don, um, Don Kirshner's rock concert, which yeah, was on, yeah. and its actual last show finished up when MTV started. And there were these long-form actual live music shows on Saturday night. It took the slot of Dick Cavett up for Saturdays, or Fridays and Saturdays. And so you would hear actual live content, uh, long-form music, instead of a lot of the lip-syncing. But what I didn't know... He also was known for managing the songwriting talent of pop groups such as the Monkees, the Archies, and Kansas. And uh, he also had under contract through his, his Alden Music a group called the Brill Building, which included Carol King, Neil Sedaka, Neil Diamond, Paul Simon, and Phil Spector. Can you imagine? All under, his, roster all under, his, under his wing, right? Yeah, he also launched the career of Bobby Darren, and, uh, where they invented something called bubblegum pop. He also uh, was responsible for finding Tony Orlando as well as Sarah Dash from LaBelle. And as I mentioned before, the, uh, the group Kansas, he had three record labels. And uh, the, the Monkees one was interesting because they had to use the stable of writers and they used Neil Diamond and Neil Sedaka a lot of times. But they had to churn out ready to go recordings every week for each episode. Similar to remember the Partridge Family, where every you yeah, had to have had, a hit song every, yeah. and they, they, they was, always play one song. It was usually at the end or something. And you said it was impossible to churn out for this group to just churn out one song, so you had to use this whole you know the whole uh, stable of talent he had. And they said that uh, even though most of the monkeys had experience as musicians, uh, Mickey Dolans did not with the drums, but they decided that they wanted to do their own own music and they got in a disagreement with Kirshner. He said, no, there's no possible way you could. So then he parted with them and went and um, started managing the Archies. He said that was much easier because they were studio music musicians. It was an animated show. Animated show. So it was a lot easier to manage. <laughs> no personalities, right? 
From there, he also was a consultant on Bewitched for the music. And I was trying to think, what music was on Bewitched? Outside of the theme music and stuff, I can't... He said in a a number of other sitcoms and shows. He was famous for um, putting the very first uh, game show on TV hosted by an African-American, Adam Wade. I don't remember this from the 70s, Musical Chairs. Do you remember that game show? I don't remember that show at all. I know that I know the concept and I remember the name, but I certainly don't remember watching it. We were probably stuck on watching Match Game and Password in the Pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> he was inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on April 14th, 2012, after his death. But happy birthday to uh, Donald Clark Kirshner. He was married to his wife for over 50 years. 50 years, huh? Yep. All right. As many of you know... A partner of ours here on the Focus Group is Deep Discount, and they have a great new tagline, which I think is, I would say this is my thing about Deep Discount, too. Own your passion. So I own my passions, man, when it comes to movies, especially science fiction. <laughs> uh, sale this uh, this week is Broadway and musicals, and I bet you, well, you probably know what I picked because you saw the notes, but the, you, you, <laughs> I'll let you go first and I'll tell you what I picked. But yeah, Broadway musicals is the theme. So what did you pick? I picked because, I, as John said, own your own your passion. And a lot of what I think uh, Deep Discount's great for is adding to your library. A lot of us loan uh, items to friends that don't come back or things get misplaced. So uh, I came across the Rocky Horror Picture Show 40th anniversary. It's under $10 on DVD. And, of course, with Tim Curry, uh, Susan Sarandon, and the music from Meatloaf. It's um, kind of a mind-bending, gender-bending cult classic before it was Vogue, right? My God. The Rocky Horror Picture Show was, okay, first it came out, and then it became a Saturday night like cult thing where you would go and audience participation, and you would bring water and toast Umbrellas, and toilet pe- paper, and then people would act out the parts in right. front of the in front of the screen. I remember going to see it down here in the village once. It, what a great which pick. they still do now. Um, I know in Philadelphia at a place called Keswick Theater and a few other places they actually do it now at Halloween or around Halloween. They do the performances, and it's still as fun as ever. I will say, as much as I love a lot of the music, and it was a big part of our high school and college experience, I do think the second half of the movie kind of just goes off <laughs> off track. You know, after the motorcycle comes down the steps, you're yeah. pretty much done i shut yeah. it off at that point it's good music yeah. and good story up to there and then it goes haywire but it's good to have for your library so i picked the rocky yeah, all the way up to the all the way up when they get to was this frankenfurter or whatever the all the way up to the cat getting to the house yeah. and then i'm a sweet transvestite and he does that whole thing and then there, there's the time warp actually yeah. is the time warp possibly the tie point of the movie and then it well i think he drives you know a potato bless my soul i really love that rock and they come down the steps and then pretty and the motorcycle i remember going down the steps pretty much that's where i think it's done <laughs> okay you guessed you had to have guessed when i pricked broadway and musicals well what, your theme song what my theme uh, song at uh we were at Sirius, Sirius. xm um so i pick xanadu on dvd it's available for uh 1049 and uh steve just put it up on screen there and you could see Olivia Newton-John in front of that great old building, which actually at the time was still standing. It was an old roller rink or something. roller skating was such a big thing. Oh, my then. God. So they actually got Gene Kelly, the Gene Kelly, right, to actually act in this movie and roller skate yeah, and do his thing. Olivia Newton-John, Gene Kelly, and Tim, I think you might not like this movie f- for a number of reasons. Uh, but one of them is there was cartoons in this movie. 
There's an animated sequence where the character, the main characters, are turned into cartoons, yeah, and you hate that. that. It's I like that's, uh, I'm I'm with you on that. Like you don't like miniature. I don't want to mix cart. <laughs> I don't want animation and people. You don't to mix. like you have a, your list is bigger than mine. You don't like uh, vanilla ice cream next to cake. You don't. Any you don't like cake. movies that mix animation and live action. I'm I'm so far. I'm just down with miniaturization with people. You could you know. I don't mind miniatures. I just don't like people being miniaturized. <laughs> so the movie came out in. Um, oh, I don't. Is it eighty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It was uh, no. Um, you zoom in on it. You can yeah, see. Yeah, it says nineteen eighty. Oh my God! It really was eighty. Yeah. Yeah, Garrett, these are formative. You were a junior in high school, John. You were roller skating up at the Waterbury Skating Rink. These are formative years, and 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 and. Uh, you got a crush on you. Were, you were trying to decide: did you want to date Olivia Newton-John or Di Lady Die? <laughs> that was the big thing, right? What blonde did you like? Yeah. So okay. So hey, who did you? You know who did the soundtrack for for Xanadu, right? I don't. Electric Light Orchestra. That's another reason oh. why I loved the, the soundtrack was Yellow's Yellow great. is great. I, by the way, still have it, and I actually have MP3s of my favorite songs. Well, Xanadu's on my playlist. The song. Mm -hmm. Xanadu. And ding, every time ding, it comes ding, on, ding, people ding, get excited. <laughs> okay. Who doesn't know it? The new release this week is uh, Glass on Blu-ray. Now, the director's name... Tim Tim always butchers his name in a funny way. You call him Shalamalama Ding Dong. M Night Shyamalan, yeah. Who uh so apparently Glass is part of a um it's kind of like the part of this trilogy where there was Unbreakable and Split, and this this is the last movie of those three because I think this character, David Dunn, played by Bruce Willis, and James McAvoy is Kevin Cromer in all three movies, and they end up in a psych asylum, which is not the best place for these guys to be. I don't think hilarity ensues. I think no. that bad things happen. So Bruce Willis is in a lot of his movies. Yeah, the that's last, true. the last um, movie I saw by this director was the, the Visit with the one with the grandparents. You I love that. Did you, you see it? You, you no. And you have, I, you've got to watch that. You've described the movie to me, Bob, and it I both. So it's one of those. It's not psychological. It's it's yeah. Psychological. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, head over to focusgroupradio.com. Click on the deep discount logo. It's the Broadway and musical special. Or uh, sale, and uh, I picked Rocky Horror. John picked Xanadu. Two two very fun, fun, fun movies. Rocky Horror. And, well, Rocky Horror. Yes, yeah. Xanadu. You have to have a taste for right. And uh, the new release this week is Glass on Blu-ray. Right, Garrett. Thanks, Deep Discount. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we have a couple shop talks. So stay with us. You're listening to the Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with the Focus Group. Try, really try. Listen, laugh, and learn with Tim and John. I never try anything. I just do it. Hey, welcome back to the Focus Group. John Nash with Tim Bennett. Focusgroupradio.com is the only URL you need to find out all about us and the show, including all the platforms we're on and our partners. And, of course, Focus Group Radio brand specific is all platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So uh, we got two shop talks for you that we're going to go through. And the first one is, they're both kind of brief, but headline reads, despite car-free hype, millennials drive a lot. Now, 
there was a brief point in time where all the hype was the auto industry is going to go out of business because millennials aren't going to buy cars. Well, guess what? Things don't change in the sense that if you live in the suburbs, if you commute, if you don't live in an urban area, you're going to need a car, right? Or car culture. You're a car culture. Everyone was going to do autonomous driving, and they were going to use ride share, and they were going to buy one car for all the friends we're going to use, yeah. and we're going to do scooters, and we're going to do bicycles. We got cities have done bike lanes. So before we get into this, all these scooters, are you getting them in New York or were they banned? They kind of banned them in Philly because they've been littering all over the streets out hey, west. And I just read somewhere a city that started a scooter program. Within five minutes of the scooters opening up, some woman was taken to a hospital on a stretcher because she, she crashed oh, or she go. fell off the scooter. Yeah. Well, do you think that? So my question was, do you think these scooters will be around in five years on the streets? I, I think it's a little nonsense. We showed pictures of piles of scooters in China, China. that were just returned. Yeah. It's like the rollerblade. Oh, the rollerblades. Right, it was fun I at remember, the time. Well, I remember riding my we bike by you one. I didn't have them. I, I did. They were fun. I lived in Minneapolis, the inventor of the rollerblade. It was fun, but that's it. No one's using rollerblades now. You rarely oh, see them. Rollerblades were like... Big deal, big a deal. Huge deal. I remember in Central Park, they were a Everywhere. menace to society, in my opinion. All right, so uh, this paper came from the National Bureau of Economic Research, and they basically said that, you know, it finds that Americans born between 1980 and 84 are just as likely to own cars compared to, say, their parents' cohorts. And the reason it seemed like millennials were not going to be purchasing a lot of cars is because the cycle started later thanks to the Great Recession. So... 2007, 8, 9, that area like kind of really slowed things down and, and dampened a lot of this. But eventually, it's it, it's picking up, right? Yeah. I'm going to have to monitor you in the future. This story, I, we picked these stories and we agreed. This was, I wrote in the weeds. Really? Really quick. <laughs> did you notice how fast it went? Well, it got so wonky. Yeah. I'm thinking, where did you get this well, from? Look, you Scientific know, Tim, America? Tim, I only highlighted five paragraphs from like a 10-paragraph story, right? <laughs> Essentially, millennials are buying cars. <laughs> well, and, and Or here, it's one, it's one sentence. In sum, if there's any shift in how younger Americans relate to personal cars, this study suggests that it's trivial. That's it. In the middle of the article was a, two, a sentence that basically... Wouldn't it be great to be an academic? <laughs> yeah, you and I should really be academic. It's, uh... well, because it was all this study, and I'm reading this, I'm thinking, that John... I can't believe you got through this article. And it was delayed, and there was all this kind of stuff. And I thought, oh, my goodness. But essentially, you're right. We're a car culture. and people Car are culture. Cars. Yeah. And it said at the end, overall, millennials appear to be quickly catching up to their elders when it comes to driving, an inconvenient fact for policymakers and climate change. Now, what I would say, I think, for the younger generation, more so than us, is when we were growing up, any car would have done. If you had grandma's old junker yep. or dad's old pickup truck yep. or whatever car, you were just happy to have a set of wheels. Kids nowadays or, or the generations below us, it's all about it needs to be a BMW or it needs to be newer or it needs to be a, some sort of foreign car. I don't know if you've noticed that. Everybody oh, needs yeah. these yeah. kids. You go to a college campus now versus going to a college campus in the 80s and seeing the, the parking lot is unbelievable at some of these schools. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So. All right, so shop talk number two. Uh, I'm hoping you enjoyed this one. I think it came from the same place. <laughs> it came from the New York Times, okay? It's uh, stop letting modern distractions steal your attention. Um, and basically, it comes down to this. Making yourself inaccessible from time to time is essential to boosting your focus. 
and and the author of the piece uh, said that being reachable will tank your productivity. So screens and all this stuff distract us, and it keeps us from actually getting what we want done, done. Right, and they call it continuous partial attention. And I saw this a few weeks ago with Richard. He uh, got up on a Sunday and looked at his work phone. Oof. And... Now, he's not working, but he had to go to work that day because something had happened with a power outage or something. And I thought to myself, isn't there a staff there? That could take care of it. Already. And that's what happens. Do do you remember if you went, uh, well, you always worked for yourself, so you're always working. But if, if with your agency, would you ever go away and just say rely on your business partner if you relied on Greg or just say, you know. Yeah, you you and I have talked about this. The only way that I ever really... And, and that scenario got away was being five hours out of the time zone. So Europe or Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> L.A. would work three hours. Mm-hmm. Eh. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, I, I um, this whole being being available all the time, I think, is ridiculous. I, I think what helps me, they, they talk about um, shutting down or not checking. I just turn off the alerts and the notifications. Yeah, I don't let it come up on my screen. And yeah. I've also started recently, um, if I go out to dinner with friends, I don't bring my phone. I leave, oh, I either agreed. leave it in the car or um, I don't bring it. And I've noticed with friends, uh, a lot of people I, I see for lunch or for dinner that, you know, business acquaintances and, and even just casual friends, uh, there now is a habit of people literally putting them face down or in their pocket, and they, they just don't appear again till the end of the meal when we're putting on our coats to leave the restaurant. Then And then people check and like, okay, I got a call. I got to make, talk to you later. But there was a time when they would be laying face up and everybody would be like, you know, constantly yeah, doing this. me crazy. I, I, we had house guests that the person sat there the whole time on her phone, which I thought, why'd you come visit? <laughs> why'd, you, why'd you come at all? Yeah, yeah right. If you're going to sit there on your phone, and just check, 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 check. It's like put it down and be present. But anyway, so I agreed, I agreed with this about. So this, this was really about um, this idea of the distraction thing getting you away from being productive. And they talk about later on you'll be calmer if you institute some of this stuff. And it, actually one of the experiments they put in here was try not using your phone for 24 hours. That's highly possible. Back in the day when we had, you know, phones on the wall or the right. pay phones, you, you could go without making a call for a day. It wasn't, it wasn't, ex- or you traveled somewhere, you traveled to Europe yeah. or you traveled on vacation. Email used to require a computer. Right. So there was a, you, walking away from the computer meant you had no idea what was going on there, right? Right. And they said that also when you shut down, and this is what you often say, you also become more productive. And because it allows your brain to be more creative because it's not constantly being bombarded or distracted. Yeah. And, um, and it's, you're right. It says, uh, we tend to get so many good ideas as we wake up or take a shower. The brain is usually a blank slate yeah. when you're doing this. And it says, our aha moments are literally quiet times for the brain when something clicks. So if you want to think deeply or have any sort of creative insight, you must give your brain breathing room. And that means not being distracted. And then the you know the the statement of all statements: smartphones are built to distract us. <laughs> they are, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Is, isn't that the goal of Facebook yeah. or any Google? Anybody's to constantly get you to engage and interact because that's ringing the cash register. Well, it's the what is it? There was there might have been a book or I, someone coined the phrase the attention economy. 
you know, it, or the or the interruption or something. But you know, we used to talk about in advertising years ago that it's an interruptive medium. You know, like so, you'd be watching a TV show and you go to a commercial break and it interrupts the show, right? It's interrupting the story. But that's where we all lived. We lived in interruption land, right? right. Uh, hold on. I'm going to get back to the story after you check out this car ad, this cat litter ad, and something for, like, you know, Slim Jims or cat something. Cat litter. <laughs> smell, does you smell any cat urine? No, that's because we're using Fresh Step. How do I know that? Because I've had my attention interrupted by Fresh Step. You get interrupted easy. On TV, I, uh, yeah, although I, I wonder if you're like me now. Um, broadcast television a.k.a. cable, I actually turn it on sometimes with the intent of not watching it. It's just something that's happening in the background, like music would be almost. I've gotten to the point where I just really have it for the news and I wonder why I have it. But the way cable companies, <laughs> but the, way, but the way cable companies are now is that you need to have Internet. And so they're raising the price of the Internet access. So at that point in time, you might as well just figure you'll get the channels for another 20 bucks because they're going to sock you 60 or $90 for the Internet. So that's their way of still getting their money. But, yeah, I'm with you. I don't I – don't, uh, I, I can't tell you a series that I'm following. Right so now. we'll wrap up this uh, piece on productivity here with this – an interesting quote. We have literally become addicted to doing stuff all the time and think that downtime is laziness or somehow a missed opportunity to get ahead. For optimal productivity, Dr. Rock suggests focusing intensely for around 45 minutes and then indulging in a 15-minute break. The brain is not a muscle, but it hel resting helps replenish it. And then I like this one. I don't do this. Uh, I think you might. Um, he also recommends taking a brief nap in the afternoon, which has... Oh, yeah. I saw that. When do you, where do you do that at a corporation? Yeah, exactly. It has tremendous cognitive benefits. And take they a nap. Everyone should take a nap. <laughs> well, they're... Thank you, are. Spain, Italy... They're hoping Please. they're hoping that the the corporations get on the bandwagon and start letting their employees take naps. What know. was Margaret Thatcher's famous quote? Oh, uh, any, any country that she has didn't want, she didn't want to share the sterling, or you don't, she didn't want a common currency for Britain because who would share your currency with countries who nap, nap in the afternoon? Siesta is exactly what she was talking about. Yeah, unproductive. <laughs> exactly. Because the mind will not work when it's hot, John. The mind will Peele not work. That. When it is hot, Norman Vincent Peale. <laughs> anyway, so you got that. Grey Gardens reference, people. Buy the Get movie. A deep discount. Get a deep discount, yeah. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you, Garrett and Steve. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks to our friends at Deep Discount. It's the Broadway musical sale. I recommended Rocky Horror. John recommended Xanadu. And the new release this week is Glass. Remember, don't text and drive. Arrive alive. And have a happy Easter. And we'll see you next week. Indeed. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.